welcome to the fourth episode of SwigCast, a podcast brought to you by the team behind The Daily Swig. I'm Catherine Chapman, currently flying solo since my co-host, John Layden, appears to be missing. He's calling. Where are you? Why, there's a problem with my card. It's been blocked. I phoned up the bank and they told me that it had been blocked and that I had to go in and identify myself with my passport or driving license. It's been blocked because there's been a breach at a site I, I bought something on. It's Mage Car. Major what? It's the e-commerce skimmer thing. I don't know how you pronounce it, but that's what it is. Okay. And uh, okay, so. Okay, John, I'm not. I'm not sure what's going on. I can't. I can't really understand you. You're speaking in other languages. Are you coming to do the podcast or not? Oh, Catherine, you aren't listening. My credit card details have been stolen by Magic Car. I have to go. Run the interview with with Terry Bishop. Okay. Right. Well, you heard him. Here's an interview with Risk IQ's Terry Bishop. Let's hope it brings us some answers. I'm Terry Bishop. I'm technical director at, uh, at Risk IQ. We are a cybersecurity company, um, and you know we we are not out there specifically looking for mage car activity. Mage car, or is it magic car, or how do you pronounce it? As something that we're, we're going to ask to start off with. Is it potato, potato? I shall try and demystify it for you. I say mage cart. Um, uh, and and uh, others say, as you say, mega cart, mega, maga. Um, its origin comes from Magento, the first e-commerce platform that we saw compromised with JavaScript. And the, the specific file was mage.js. Um, and we combined that with cart uh, from you know online shopping cart to come up with mage cart and um, you know speaking to the research team who who came up with the name they they have said that had they known how much coverage would come from it they might have spent more time uh, in the early days coming up with a more catchy title. Oh dear, branding, branding. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> I guess can you maybe start by telling us, Terry, what is it and how has it evolved since it? Um first first appeared? So we first blogged about it in 2016. Um, that was um, in reference to a breach on Faber and Faber, a British publishing house. Um, we've actually, again, since the sort of the, you know, the, the topic has, has grown, we've gone back through our data and found instances of, of these skimmers you know, going, going as far back as 2010. Um, when, we, when we first uh, identified it, you know, in, in sorry, not shouldn't say when I first identified it. When we first uh, started sort of looking into specific instances, we categorised it as a keylogger. Um, the, the code was quite rudimentary uh, and was literally just, you know, when when um, when someone was entering credit card details on a payment page, they were just capturing the keys at the point where someone entered the uh, expiry date for the card, that was the trigger for exfilling the data. Um, so it was a keylogger. But as time passed um, and the, the code sort of started getting you know, more honed down for the better collection of the data, um, so we sort of identified that this, you know, this was 
what we are now calling mage cart and and you know more specifically card skimming activity um and you know it has just continued to evolve over the years um you know we we've moved from the the key logging through to uh form overlays for more structured data collection from a variety of different um, e-commerce platforms or payment providers then we've seen you know groups targeting different victims for want of a better word you know through the supply chain whether it's through direct attack we've seen different sophistication uh, of the scripts in terms of avoiding detection um, and avoiding monitoring um, you know the the the, the most sort of significant evolution that we've talked about recently has been um, targeting the Amazon S3 buckets where people weren't or aren't properly securing um, their their files um, and we've seen mass modification of files through that so it you know it's it's a constant evolution I don't think we're at the end of it yet I do believe we'll see more more before uh, before we see the last when we talk about mage cart as we now must call it, um, sometimes people apply that same term, Magecart, to talk about groups of cyber criminals who use Magecart. Um, I mean, can you talk us through how many groups you, you think might be using it and what how their tactics differ between each other? We use Magecart as, as an umbrella term, um, and we are tracking uh, about 14 groups active groups at the moment there are more people out there doing this um i think it's possible to buy these skimmers um on on you know dark web forums and to you know to, to sort of set up your own skimming operation um we, what we have focused on in terms of uh, our attribution is when we see something different or unique within a skimmer um, that we will attribute a uh, a new sort of group to it. Um, so with some of the um, the supply chain attacks, you know we attribute a lot of that activity to group five. They've very specifically gone out and targeted um, third parties that are being used as plugins uh, on on other sites and and ideally on other payment pages. Um, group six were highly specific. They're the guys who targeted British Airways and Newegg. Um, they're not looking at the supply chain. They are looking at you know, really, um, you know, quite what I, what I think of as quite sophisticated attacks in terms of the targets that they're going for. Group four are the guys who have um, been writing. We believe group four came from the banking Trojan environment, and they've brought some of that code with them. So the, the anti-detection mechanisms is built into into their code. So you know we're, we're looking at each group as a different style of activity, rather than just trying to say you know keep account of everybody that's doing it. Because I do think a lot of people are, are out there doing this now. I'm not sure it's practical to keep a track of them all and give them all names. Well, I mean, what similarities and what differences does does Magecart have with um, banking trojans and with um, point-of-sale malware, do you think, Terry? For me, the main similarity is that they all steal credit card details. Um, I I think can, as consumers, we, we, we inherently trust organisations at the checkout regardless of whether it's where the skimmer is. Um, 
and you know whether we're online or uh, in a in a in a store. Um, and I just think there's a, a you know a consistent breach of trust and and data tied into that. Um, I I kind of like to compare what we see to the skimmers that are placed on ATMs, a, a physical addition to the machine. So completely passive and with, with nothing on the server side able to detect it. From, from the user's perspective, the transaction takes place uh, as, as usual. And there's no reason to expect something is going wrong. Um, unless, of course, you know what a physical skimmer looks like. Um, and that, in a way, is Magecart on a, on a payment page. Um, you know, the, the data is exfiltrated immediately to a drop server. The URL, if visible, is probably only present for a really short period of time. And again, with that sort of similarity to the, to the, to the physical skimmer, it's, it's built in a way that it, you know, taking British Airways as an example, you know, it's built in a way that it doesn't catch the eye. You know, it looks like a legitimate URL, um, and so you know that that's kind of how my mind works when I when I look at the the different types of activity out there and and how they all sort of line up together. Is that what you've just mentioned there, Terry, about sort of it sort of going under the radar? Is that one of the reasons why we see it being used in so many high-profile breaches? I think some of the subterfuge is, is great. Um, and, and I'm sure I shouldn't say it in a kind of complimentary way. Um, but, but the technology, you know, I love looking at the work of these guys. It, you know, they're, they're, it's such a shame that they're working, you know, to, 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 to steal rather than to, to support and help. Uh, because, yeah, when you look at the, the way that the URLs are being built and the, um, the, the the different drop sites that are coming up, it it is sophisticated and it is difficult to see. It doesn't automatically stand out. And I think as again, when we are as as consumers, um, we are we are naturally trusting. I think, and uh, it needs a an outlier, something to catch our attention to to say this isn't right. Um, and certainly when when you look at the, the different major card skimmers, you know, most of them are, are working to not be visible, to not create that outlier that then breaks the whole thing down. What are some of the best ways that consumers or organization can protect themselves from this kind of threat? Yeah, I, I use a script blocker in, in my browser. Um, but while that might prevent the theft, it also prevents me from shopping online so you know that doesn't work you know the sort of the the, the client side blocking um i i think the for me the onus is on the merchants to improve security practices uh, at least until the industry or the technology can prevent the reuse of stolen cards um if you have the option of using something like PayPal, um, you know, alternate payment payment services, I think that they are, um, you know, structured in a way that you don't get a card to 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 to, to resell. Uh, I think one-time card details, if if they become more mainstream, would 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 work to to solve a lot of this. Um, but right now, I'm not sure there's a lot that you can do as a consumer um, because you can't even say that 
you know, major sites are unnecessarily secure. I'd like to go back to, to the gangs themselves and um, I, I'm very interested in your insight as to um, how much, if any, cooperation there is between them. I mean, are they, are they collaborating together or are they always at each other's throats? And are we talking about um, large groups of, you know, more than 50 people or, or smaller crews that are running these kind of cybercrime operations? We have we have very little insight into the actual size of the group or or even the specific actors that are that are carrying this out. Um, I mean, my assumption would be it, it, it's more than more than a couple people. You know, it's not just um, you know sort of some some guy hacking this stuff out um, for himself. Um, but we we couldn't say if it's uh, you know a, a large organised group group of individuals or whether it's a, a few people, um, and we're not seeing um, any obvious uh, sort of interaction between the groups. We we do see skimmers appearing that have been modified slightly, and again this is where I would say there's a difference between the the attribution of groups that we do and the actual number of people who are operating their own skimmers and their own infrastructure. Um, so we are seeing some, uh, you know, a market for, for skimmers, if you like. Um, and the only other interaction I've seen, which is, which is one of my favorite stories is um, where a, we saw one group compromise a, uh, a site and then another group came in and started to attack the data from the first group. So um, the, the site that originally uh, was compromised by group three, and then group nine came in later. Um, group nine recognized the fact that, that there was already a major cart group on there, and they added a random number into the credit card data being sent to group three's XFIL server. Um, so they were actively junking the data. And if you sort of take that process on, you know, these cards are typically sold on the dark web and the dark web reputation is extremely important. Um, Group 9 were almost actively working to you know, harm the reputation of Group Three in terms of selling their data by carrying out that process. They could just as easily have disabled the skimmer, right? Or potentially even lived um, happily together on the site, but they actively harmed the quality of the data that Group Three were collecting. You know, that kind of whole honor among thieves thing um, sort of shines through there. Are there any other um, JavaScript-based or, or any software-based web skimmers out there? I'm, you know, this has proved to be uh, such a potent threat that I'm, I'm slightly puzzled why it's only mage carts that we hear about. I don't think, as I say, for me, mage cart is about the activity. It's about you know the umbrella term. Uh, for me, anybody that is card skimming using JavaScript is a mage card actor, if you like. 
Um, so yes, there are all sorts of um, groups out there doing this, um, but to me, they fall under that that headline term. So I mean, they're working with diff different code bases, then, are they? They all of the different groups are using different code bases of of, of the ones that we track. Um, so, like I say, if I were to take um, you know group group six versus group four, um, group six are the guys that attacked British Airways and Newegg. Um, that code was extremely simple. What fifteen to to twenty two lines of code um, in in each case. Um, very very simple. Take group four. Their original skimmer was about 1500 lines of code it's completely different um, and they have the anti-detection mechanisms in in their code as well so um, they're very different code bases yes is there any evidence or any anything from your findings that might suggest any of the groups are state-backed in some way I ask that every so often, and I think especially when we when we first talked about Group One and and their monetization efforts, where they seem to be advertising for people to be um, to be money mules um, in Russian language. Um, whenever I say that, people often sort of jump. Oh, is it you know is it state sponsored? Is is there nation state actors behind this? No evidence from from our side at all. This looks like good old-fashioned theft for financial gain ordinary decent criminals okay <laughs> <laughs> exactly that's exactly it thank you for joining us on this very enlightening episode of sweetcast i'm Catherine chapman leaving you now to see if my co-host has recovered from the effects of megacart magicart you know what i mean until next time Sweet cast terminated.